T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Yes, we have changed the name of it from the longstanding Fighters Fury. Um, you know, just uh, just wanted to switch things up as far as it's concerned, but it's going to be the same show. Everything that you're used to, we will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. So we are uh, got a lot to get to. We're going to talk to uh, young boxing, up-and-coming star Jesus Ramos, uh, we're going to speak with him later on in the program. You'll hear from him. He's going to be on Fox next week, and you guys can go check him out. So looking forward to that. Uh, went this past uh, this past Saturday. Last night, I went to the Miami Airport Convention Center, the Doubletree Hilton, and I watched uh, our guy, Harold King Calderon, go and defend uh, his undefeated record, his unblemished record. And win himself a piece of the IBO championship or a regional belt uh, as he's moving his way to become uh, IBO welterweight champion. But improved to 24-0, so uh, good for Harold getting himself a victory. Went the distance. I know that he probably was looking to uh, to finish the fight. Didn't exactly have an opponent who was... Uh, you know, willing to engage was much bigger than him and, uh, and, and used his jab as an effective weapon, you know, probably had like a good, I don't know. I want to say, I would say like four or five inches on Jonathan Jose and his, um, you know, so, you know, it was good for Harold to be back in, uh, in front of his Miami crowd. It's a tough crowd for him to take in front of it. You know, it's not because, uh, and I just mean that because, they're uh they they're almost as they're almost as harsh in their criticism as anybody would be as the fights are going on because they're like why is he effing still in there in the sixth round? It's like I don't know, man. He just had we just haven't had the opportunity there yet. And uh, but I thought one of the cool things was uh, and I, I've I've watched a lot of Harold's fights, and I think one of the cool things was you know he's 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 grown up before our very eyes uh, with all the things that we've covered and uh, with all the fights that we have covered. But, you know, his daughter was there and his son was there and his daughter's there like on, uh, I don't know if it was an uncle or whoever it was, a friend's shoulders and his chant for his ass. Poppy, pop, got like the whole crowd chant, poppy, poppy. And she's, I don't know, has to look like she's five, six years old and just had the whole, the whole uh, crew there just completely, you know, chanting for, for her dad, which was really, really cool. I think it is his son's the first fight that he's, uh, he's seen his dad fight, even though he probably won't remember this. Um, 
but this was uh, this was our conversation with Harold afterwards. We uh, we got to chat with him a little bit after the victory, and here's what he had to say. Harold Calderon remains undefeated. Another great performance going the distance. Sweet science in their ass tonight. How does it feel to hold a new uh, piece of hardware? It feels great to hold this uh, hardware, man. Look, it got diamonds and all. It's pretty. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, what was it like fighting back in Miami? Good to be back in front of your hometown. Your crowd's always going crazy for you. I imagine that felt awesome. Yeah, it's amazing, man. You know, this was actually the first venue I fought in Miami where I got the name King, so I came back to hold my throne down. You know what I'm saying? I did it, and I got a new piece. Come on. Love it. Ross in the building tonight. That's my brother, Chris yes, sir. They all came out for you, man. How'd you feel about having that kind of a star power here? To watch, um, to watch it's just it's just motivation to keep going. Like, you know, I'm getting the right eyes on me. I worked so hard for this, you know what I'm saying? And I'm starting to get my recognition now. Hey. One of the coolest things I thought tonight, I saw your kids there watching you. Your daughter's up there. She's getting the crowd going like crazy for you. They're all going nuts. Your son's watching you. What did that mean to you? That meant everything, because I kind of zoned out. I didn't know who was here or nothing. As soon as I got in that ring, I didn't pay attention to nothing but my opponent and my coaches. So when I saw them come to the ring, I was like, oh, my God, my babies are here. And I, it was amazing. I just felt I felt good. And I felt, see my son, he, he was just like, he didn't know what was going on. But, you know, he's getting, he's getting, a, he's getting a, a piece of what's coming. Hell, what do you want from this, man? What's, uh, what's the next goal after um, this? This is just one check off the list we got a, we got a game plan that's one next one we're gonna fight uh, again we back here Jan uh, June 19th gonna fight for another strap get me on uh, the top 35 around there and then I should be next in line for the for the IBO title or if somebody calls me out or somebody gives me an opportunity for a world title I'm on it I ain't turning down nobody anybody could get it congratulations on the wins tonight Harold I go have fun thank you you know I'm gonna have fun love you man so it was an awesome moment for him, man. So I'm proud of him as a as a as a guy who's uh, covered his career for a while. We've done you know so many interviews together. I've probably been to like eight of his fights, something like that. And and uh, I'm trying to think. He's 24 and 0 now. And I think like the first Harold Calderon fight I went to, maybe he was like 11 and 0, maybe 12 and 0. Yeah, I've been to a lot, man. I mean, from like the Hard Rocks versus him versus Pretty Boy Martinez, hometown throwdown, all that type of stuff. And you know, I know COVID's been tough on uh, on a lot of guys. It was cool seeing him get a Ring Magazine feature, and uh, I really just wanted to get that opportunity, uh, especially with all these big fights coming down here to Miami. Um, I really hope that some promoter looks at what he's able to do down here and in, in selling a venue. And it's just like, oh, I could, you know, I could use that. I could, I could, I could definitely, you know, give this guy somewhat of an opportunity because, you know, one of the things that is valuable down is is having a guy who is marketable and 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 can sell. And you know, it's great to have uh, the polished, perfect, unblemished resume, which professionally he does. And you know, people have uh, the the huge amateur backgrounds, but. Man, there's got to be a value in also being undefeated, and also you could sell, and and he is able to do that. You know, there's there's certain guys in this town they just click, they they sell, they sell out a building really, really uh, impressively, and so you know you just hope. Yeah, I, I hope that he gets uh, he gets that chance. But it was a really uh, it was fun to watch him. I, I think for his standpoint, like yeah, I've definitely been to uh, more exciting. Harold Calderon fight, so I, I don't want to completely blow smoke up the guys. Uh, you know what the entire time, like I don't think this was on him so much. I do think that he didn't have a uh, he didn't have a a target that was quite there. You know, could we critique and say maybe he could have bullied him a little bit more? 
I guess you know that's that, that, that's hindsight. You know, it's possible that you could you could go that route, but um, I think that was a that was a thing earlier on in his career. Like he, I think this is like the first fight that's gone the distance for him in like seven fights. So it was a big day for the red corner though on the uh, the signature punch card. I was down there, and it was funny because uh, I I went last night. Not even realizing at first just how busy of a boxing night it was going to be and combat sports that it was going to be and the Heat were taking on the Lakers. I actually got to watch a lot of Heat Lakers because there was like a long intermission at one point. And that is one thing with these the, with the boxing cards. And this isn't just their card, but man, they put on a lot of fights. I mean, they're putting on like, uh, what is it? I think they put on 11 fights tonight. And the thing is, it's not like when I go to a mixed martial arts card, because when you go to a mixed martial arts card and they put on nine, 10 fights, probably seven of them are going to end within two rounds. And with this one, it had like a little bit of a streaky streak where like a lot of them were going the distance and guys weren't getting finishes. And so it kind of elongated out the night. But then on top of that, they, I don't know what this is with boxing down here. Like they always have an intermission, which is weird because half the crowd's not there until like the fight before the co-main event anyway. So I don't really understand why they have an intermission. Uh, then they're doing an anthem like in the midst of it sometimes. It, it's weird. To, I don't understand the whole setup of it, especially it's a, you know, it's a tele, they are doing a television broadcast. Like, are they just killing time? You know, will, I think there was something wrong with the ring though, at some point, because I did see a bunch of guys scurrying under there trying to make the ring, uh, feel better. So I do think there was something technically wrong, uh, going on there. Uh, but it was a fun night. Rick Ross was there, which was cool. I know Harold, uh, got to hang out with Rick Ross, but he was there, uh, watching the fight. He was, he was ringside, which was really cool. Uh, Jakeem Grant was there dolphins wide receiver, very fast. Uh, and Clarissa Shields was there, which was cool. Clarissa Shields, uh, went in there, took a photo with, uh, Harold. She, uh, got to do a hat tip to the crowd almost, uh, in the midst of, uh, some of the fights she is, uh, I gotta tell you that I don't know if there's anybody in boxing who is as hardcore fan. Cause I saw her tweeting. So she must've been like, cause she was there at the car, but she must've also been watching showtime on her phone or something like that. Cause she's also like was tweeting about the Robert Easter fight and Adrian. I like, I needed notes. Like, I don't know what happened in those fights. I know that like, and, and to, to, so I know that, uh, I know Adrian Broner won his fight, but I know a lot of people thought that he didn't win his fight. Like that's, that's the impression that I get from, you know, reading all the Adrian, Broner, or at least the, the scores were, if he won the fight that it really wasn't a good performance. And I think he won something like, 117 110 or something like that so so it's one of those things where uh he uh he gets the win um but a lot of people either didn't think that he won or didn't think that it was close or just didn't think it was a good performance anyway so you know look he's got a lot of uh he, he's he's got a uh, a lot of um rehabbing of the of the career to do hasn't been in there for a while i did you know i was surprised that the 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 the, uh the weight wasn't on point because he looked like he got into really good shape so they ended up switching it up i guess in the midst of this week where it was no longer a junior welterweight fight they moved it up to a welterweight fight 
Um, I know that some of the people in this Mohegan Sun have had like some issues cutting weight, so I don't know if that's what it was. Because Adrian did look like he was in good shape, and he was training hard at the at Javier Santana's gym. So I don't know. Robert Easter got a win too. He was also training in Davy. Um, so he uh, he he apparently looked good, and then Otto Whalen got the win over Dominic Brazil in a in a good heavyweight matchup. Um, and that's uh, and that was that was your night on Showtime. Uh, uh, the 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 big though the big stunner of the night went to Oscar Valdez for his uh, stunning stunning win over Miguel Miguel Burchelt. He uh, stopped him in the tenth round. Vicious, vicious knockout. Um, I mean, he was he really kicked his ass, and I think a lot of people thought Burchell was going to give Valdez the business here, and he did not. Um, Valdez gets himself the belt, puts himself in a huge line for some some big big fights with top ranks. So, if you guys haven't seen that knockout, it's absolutely it's a it's a it's it's a knockout of the year candidate. Um, so not only that, but it's also, uh, you know, a bit of a stunner. I think a lot of people thought that uh, Burchett was going to uh, to come out on top of this one. But he did not. Oscar Valdez did, and Eddie Reynoso continues uh, what's been a really good year for him between this, uh, Ryan Garcia, and now he's got Canelo Alvarez is coming down to Miami, of course, next week, which is going to be a fun fight week. I'm looking forward to that particularly because we're going to go. And you know what's going to be funny about it is – we're uh i got a credential for the fight so i'm gonna go obviously you guys knew i was gonna make that happen um but leroy i got leroy credential for the fight too it's gonna be the first time leroy and i see each other in in person i mean we obviously see each other every day on the screen but it's gonna be the first time we've seen each other in person since the pandemic like we we haven't seen each other at all and then um it's so I'm looking forward to it. That's going to be really cool. I'm looking forward to the whole Canelo Alvarez fight week. That's going to be here. You guys, if you guys missed Eddie Hearn on with us, um, go check out that podcast because uh, Eddie was really good. And we touched on a lot of boxing stuff. And he, and he talked a lot about uh, why he thinks Miami can be a really, really big market. I feel a lot. I hear a lot of buzz about that, man, not just from Miami people, but I hear a lot of, uh, people starting to kind of wake up to the fact that man, this this could kind of be a really awesome place for boxing, and especially while a lot of places are a little bit shut down and aren't as good and don't have the flash that they used to, I think that if anything, a lot of those fights that probably went to L.A. I know they're still doing a couple, but I, I do think that yeah, maybe they look at it and say, "Hey, South Florida, pretty good, they're pretty good, pretty good market for it." So there's that. Oh. One more South Florida shout-out before uh, we're going to get to some UFC coming on up, and we got Jesus Ramos coming up on the show as well. But I want to give a shout-out to Xander Zayas, who got himself a win on the ESPN card. He improved to 7-0, went the distance. I think that's the first time that Xander has gone. Maybe it's the second time, but uh, dominant on all on all scorecards. So good for uh, for X getting himself... A nice victory as he improves in his bright young career. Congratulations to him. I won't rub it in your face too much, Xander, that the Heat uh, beat the Lakers last night. I'll save that for another day. I'll let you bask in the win. I won't say anything about it unless you get wind of this show. And then you can find out, boom. Now, you may come at me and you may say, but who cares? Regular season, no Anthony Davis. But what I would say to you is Pat Riley says there's always going to be that asterisk asterisk on that championship. So do with that what you will. No asterisk on your win last night, though. 
So congratulations. Really good night for South Florida. Um, you know, congratulations to Xander. Congratulations to, uh, you know, Adrian. Congratulations to Robert Easter for training down. You know, you guys doing their work down here. Congratulations to Harold Calderon getting himself a win. Congratulations to everybody. You know, lots of, lots of love going all around. When we come back, we got to a little bit of UFC last night. Derek Lewis getting himself a big-time win over Curtis Blades. What does that mean for his career? We'll get to that next. Welcome back, everybody. It is Tobin's Fight Show here with Jan790, the take. Again, to a little bit of UFC from last night as you had Derek the Black Beast Lewis with a big-time knockout over Curtis Blades. A uh, vicious uppercut from Derek. Man, this guy is so entertaining. Every time that he gets a win like that, it is always sensational. He is always uh, he is always just one of just one of the most exciting fighters. He's got, I think, uh, he is got the most knockouts now. He's tied for most knockouts, tied Vitor Belfort with most knockouts in UFC history. Twelve, just vicious. I mean, he caught. Curtis Blades ducking down and the uppercut, the short uppercut was right there for him. And that was all she wrote. And, you know, for Curtis, it's a tough one because, you know, he was in this spot where, yeah, if he would have won this fight, you would have, uh, you would say that, you know, he really is in line to basically be the next in line. And it's tough because you knew that he had the, uh, he had the issue of, he had lost to France and Ganu. But, you know, it was still like his resume, his other wins have just been absolutely sensational. You probably would have liked to see what he does in there with a, like a guy like Stipe. But yeah, he has a, he has some really, really hellacious, tough, uh, big time losses to some heavy hitters. His losses are only to, you know, to Derek Lewis, like last night, France and Gano TKOing him and twice. Um, but he's kind of beating everybody else as far as the contenders are concerned. He's vicious wins over Alistair Overeem, you know, uh, Junior Dos Santos, Alexander Volkov, everybody else he's, he's kind of taken out that you would look. Now, obviously, you're going to have John Jones make his way into that division, but this was a big one for, for Derek because, you know, we had seen him uh, after losing his short-notice title fight then he lost to uh, to to Junior Essentially, like, all right, has it has it peaked for Derek Lewis? Of all the chicanery and the great interviews and all that type of stuff, has it reached a uh, a peak? But now, you know, he's gone on and he's he's taken on he's he's now rattled off four straight wins. His last two have been TKOs. You know, Derek's in such this funny spot too after getting the wins. It's like, well, what do you do? Where does he go? Because he was ranked fourth. He just beat the number two guy. Really, you know, the, he's got to win over Francis Ngannou, although it's a fight we would never like to speak of again because, I mean, it was just absolute, absolutely terrible. But he did technically win the fight. Um, so, like, yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know where, where, where you go with Derek Lewis. He mentioned John Jones. He didn't go as far as to call out John Jones. But um, Derek Lewis deserves something big, and he's he's, you know, I don't know how many guys you could actually say in this division are really like great interviews, great personalities. Stipe is certainly not that. Francis isn't like the most charismatic dude in the world. Jarzino's kind of soft-spoken. Um, so Derek is kind of the lone guy, especially if there's no Daniel Cormier. Now, a lot of these guys are kind of just like silent assassins. He does bring a flair. I do think that he can make a lot of these matchups fun. Uh, Jarzino's got the, the matchup with Cyril Gain coming up. 
if he gets a win or Cyril gets a win, do one of them go up to fight uh, to, to fight Derek Lewis? Perhaps. I think either one of those could be really fun matchups, and that's like kind of your pseudo number one contender. The thing that sucks for him, though, is that you know John Jones is going to get this Willy Wonka pass right to the front of the line, which is understandable. Even Curtis Blade said that this week. He's like, I get it. Like, if John Jones is coming up to fight at heavyweight, uh, you kind of just got to eat it if you're at that point because you know that he is uh, he is the guy. He is the guy who's going to go out there and uh, he is going to bring a big stage to that uh, that heavyweight division and all that type of stuff. But still frustrating uh, if you're if you're a guy like Derek Lewis and you did get to that spot of uh, of fighting a Daniel Cormier for the championship, but it was on short notice. So we'll see, man. But he, he continues to be, if anything. Just I, one of the most fan-friendly, one of those fun fighters in all of the UFC, no matter what. Like, I do think that even if he doesn't get to that point of ever being a champion, he is always going to be beloved like a Donald Cowboy Cerrone, where, all right, Derek Lewis is fighting this weekend, count me in, I'm watching. doesn't matter what the thing is, because he's, he's shown, like, first of all, not only that, yeah, okay, you think that he's just kind of this one-trick pony, but he's shown you that even in fights where he's getting his ass kicked uh, or, or seemingly is out of it, he could throw that Hail Mary and go and win the fight. And that's what makes him so exciting. So it was uh, it was a great performance for him. For the rest of the card on this night, like I said, guys, I was at a boxing match. I didn't see much of it. I did watch my guy, uh, my guy Danny Chavez from MMA Masters. I saw his loss to uh, to Jared Gordon. Jared Gordon basically took him down and kind of stayed on top. Um, I see Phil Hall's got a win. He got a majority decision uh, as far as getting... Uh, two nodded his way with one as a draw. So uh, Phil Hawes has been doing some training. A lot of people like his future and think he's uh, he's got some bright stuff ahead of him. So, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. As far as uh, what's coming up next week in the UFC, like I said, you got Jarzino Rosenstrike against Cyril Gain. Really, really fun. I mean, they, they've really had a, a, a stacked lineup as it's concerned with the uh, with the heavyweights. Because you had this one, uh, we just had the uh, the week beforehand, and then we're kind of staring down the barrel of uh, of the heavyweight championship. So it's been good seeing the heavyweights get into a big mix between Derek Lewis getting the win over Curtis Blades, and now we're gonna get next week Josino Rosa Strike versus Cyril Gain, and maybe one of them does move on to face uh, Derek Lewis. Let's see what else I got coming up next week. Pedro Munoz, Jimmy Rivera, that's gonna get that's moved from a couple weeks ago. So they have that going. Alex Caceres versus Kevin Groom. So Bruce Leroy from the back streets of Miami. You guys can check him in action next week as well. Alex Oliveira, Randy Brown. So always, uh, always good to see him in action. So pretty decent card coming up next week. And next week, we also got Canelo Alvarez. I'm excited to see what goes down just from the Canelo show standpoint. Um, it is just a keep busy fight. I don't quite understand why. Uh, Abney Yildirim warrants uh, a WBC mandatory shot when he's coming off of a loss. You know, we've done the mystery of sanctioning bodies and all this stuff, but in a lot of ways, it's kind of, uh, it has kind of gifted us into this position of getting Canelo Alvarez, but maybe it goes great. Maybe he likes the way Miami feels. Maybe he likes the way it looks. It was funny. I remember um, I was talking to uh, to my guy, Sam Burgos, who is a, a referee down here. Shout out to Sam doing a great job last night and he had mentioned that he had done a translation for Canelo Alvarez back in a fight that he did in Miami 
way back in 2008. And I was like, what? I don't remember this at all. And yeah, it was back in December of 2008. He fought at the Mikasuki Resort in gaming, which I've been there to watch a fight before. So we're talking 13 years ago. So Canelo would have been 19 at the time. Man, let's see, 13 years ago, that's 20, 17 at the time. That's crazy. So, and, and, and to make it even crazier, it was his 24th professional fight. So that's pretty wild. Um, yeah, he was taking on Raul Pinzon, but he was just explaining, he's like, yeah, he's like, that's pretty crazy. It's kind of come full circle. Uh, that Canelo is going to be fighting back down here in Miami. It is. It is pretty. It is pretty crazy that he's going to be fighting Abney Gilderum. His last performance was really good. Canelo against Callum Smith. I was very impressed by it. Um, a lot of people dogged Callum after that. I thought Callum was a good opponent. I just think Canelo was uh, on another level that night, and just the ferocity that he was able to bring that entire matchup. I don't think I can't even imagine what the odds are for this fight. They got to be absolute Canelo versus Avni Yildirim. Odds. Uh, let's see. Canelo is a minus 5,000 favorite. Avni Yildirim is a plus 1,400 underdog next week at Hard Rock Stadium. So, yeah. Uh, Aaron Aponte, if you're looking for a local flavor, though, he is going to be fighting from KO Fitness out of Hialeah. I think it's his second professional fight. Um, but if you're looking for a local tie next week on the Disown broadcast, check him out. The Alien King, Aaron Aponte. Check him out uh, as we got that going on. Like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to that very, very much. Uh, just to kind of see Miami be a box down. Now, they, they, like I wanted to go to like all of the events, uh, but to take everybody uh, behind the curtain, they're doing co- a COVID bubble basically at the Hard Rock, which is you know right up the road from Hard Rock Stadium. And I thought as a local, I was going to be able to kind of just rapid test and go in and cover some stuff. Doesn't appear like that's going to be the case. Uh, like they really do want you to stay in the bubble. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to weasel my way through, uh, if any means. I know I will be there on fight night. I know that uh, my uh, my co-host will be there on fight night, uh, Leroy Horde, so I'm excited about that. But I don't know if I'll be able to go to any of the uh, the weigh-ins or the press conferences or anything, any, anything like that because I think I have to be in the bubble. I said I wanted to go, and they're like, great, you got to arrive by Wednesday. I'm like, arrive what? I'm here. And... It's like, well, they want you to come in and they want you to be in the bubble. And ah, I, I couldn't even imagine trying to sell that to Mrs. Tobin. It's like, hey, listen, uh, Canelo Alvarez is down here and I need to go live at the Hard Rock Hotel. And oh, yeah, by the way, nobody's reimbursing me for these rooms. You know, I couldn't even imagine sending that bill to Galen. Uh, just checking in. Uh, I need uh, I need $1,200 for three nights at the Hard Rock. Sorry. It's not exactly like having to try and throw them 40. I get eye rolls as it is for like $40 for four heat games at the, uh, at the, at the, at the Bayside parking garage last year, obviously not this year, but uh, yeah, the expense, I couldn't even imagine the, the arm twisting I'd have to do to, to go to that. It wouldn't even cost that much. I think to, to just go to Vegas either way. It's uh it's going to be a fun one. Um, I'm looking forward to, to the fight week. 
One other thing before we uh, we wrap up on the UFC side, I did see Kamaru Usman. He was asked this week about the idea of fighting in Miami. Seems open to it. Um, he 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 did say that quote. I run Miami. Miami doesn't root for a uh, uh, somebody who got beat. Um, but mentioned that you know the American Airlines Arena hasn't had a UFC in a while. Ah, man, I really hope that they would do that. I'm not really, like, the one thing with COVID, I'm trying to take advantage on all the fight opportunities we can get. I do think that Florida would be one of the first places that would hop. Let me tell you something. That was the, the fight I was at last night. Not my social distancing, eh, buddy? Mass rules, very flimsy. Um, I could see it happening down here where they would allow a lot of fans. I don't know about the American Airlines Arena. They've been pretty responsible about filtering. They're just moving up in the heat games to 3,000. So, you know, are we going to be like, will it, if we were to say, like, let's say by July, would they just, because the basketball season will be over, would they just go willingly? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But I'm not quite sure yet. I'm not quite sure. You know, there might be something. Maybe do it at the Hard Rock. Maybe do it at Hard Rock Stadium. Um, or Marlins Park, or something like that. Some some place that could be open air. Uh, there are places I think they could do a pretty big UFC down here. But I know that Dana's very uh, set on he wants to have like the sellout crowd to be all the way back. And I do think that Florida has a good chance to be the first place like that. We come back. We will get to uh, we will get to our guest Jesus Ramos. He is going to be fighting next week. He's going to be fighting on Fox. So uh, you guys will uh, get to meet him and see what he's uh, he's all about. And looking forward to that conversation. We'll be back with more after this. Welcome back, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here with you on 790 The Ticket. Going to get to our guest coming on here. His name is Jesus Ramos. He is 19 years old, undefeated welterweight. Big plans in front of him as he is going to be uh, fighting on Fox Next Saturday, which is going to be a busy, busy fight day. We got Canelo Alvarez, who is going to be fighting down here in Miami. But uh, if you are not a subscriber to DAZN, then Fire of Fox, you might want to watch this young gentleman in action as he has uh, big, big goals in mind and a very interesting guy. I got a chance to talk to him this week and really enjoy the conversation. Love, love talking to the uh, the young boxers, man, as this career is blossoming in front of him. I do want to give a shout out, by the way. Um to a couple of Miami guys getting some wins last uh, last night while I was at the convention center. Chauncey Grace from KO Fitness. He improved to 7-1, got a TKO in the second round. Bryce Henry, who is also from Miami, he got himself a win, one in the second round. Raul Torino, he uh, got a win by decision. And you also had last night from Miami, Florida, you had Gaspard Pierre, who uh, was able to get a second-round stoppage. So those guys all were victorious and their box careers, we talked about Harold Calderon earlier in the program. But let's get to uh, Jesus Ramos, get a chance to talk to this young gentleman who is, he hails from Arizona, but uh, really enjoy the conversation with him as you guys can watch him next week on Fox as he will be uh, featured there um, in a welterweight bout. So let's hear from the 19-year-old budding rising young gun. Very excited to talk to my next guest, one of the great young guns in boxing. You guys can watch him coming up on Fox next Saturday. He is going to be in action. It is Jesus Ramos. Thanks for the time, my friend. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me, man. It looks wildly cold training in Colorado. 
Uh, I know that 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 altitude that you guys like to get to get in good shape, but it's it's insane, man. Why 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 would you do something like that? Train up in there. Um, honestly, it is insane. Um, like you said, for the for the altitude, it helps a lot. But you know, we're from Arizona, so this is all new to us. And I mean, it's been cold. It's been it's been hectic out here. But honestly, it's a great experience. You know, we're training with guys like uh, Maurice Hooker, uh, Jamal Herring was here. Uh, Crawford and um, Robert Brandt. So I mean, it's it's the altitude plus the 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 fighters that are out here. You know, the experience that benefits me and just being around champion. Yeah, I imagine that's got to be crazy. I saw you talk about that in your vlog a little bit uh, that you had Terrence Crawford out there. Like you, I, I imagine have, uh, you know have huge cha- championship aspirations for your career. When you see a guy who's considered the best welterweight on the planet, uh, what kind of I guess, influences that on you to know what the level is you have to get to to be considered, I guess, the best in the world? Yeah, it, it motivates me, you know, just to see him train. And, I mean, he's a pound-for-pound king right now. So, I mean, just knowing what it takes, like I'm, I'm doing the workouts that he's been through, that he's gone through, you know, the training that he's going through and all that. So, you know, it motivates me to keep working hard and just knowing that I'm on the right path. You know, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm staying dedicated and, you know, just doing doing the things that I'm supposed to do to get there. And you, uh, you know, you're, you're a little similar in the way that you're like a silent assassin in the way you do, man. It's kind of like you're almost, uh, you know, I don't know, like setting up your prey as a fight's going on. And then you just unload these vicious shots on your opponents. Like, how do you, I guess, in, in your young career, that mentality of just staying so calculated, but you can unleash just vicious punishment on, on, on the guys who are in the ring with you? I think there are, there are many factors that go to that. I think the main one is just training around these guys, you know, their experience. Mongo, um, Abel Ramos, you know, I've been sparring with them since I was uh, 15. So, you know, just sparring these professionals as a young kid, it, it really helped me develop my boxing, you know, um, help me be patient. Cause you know you make a mistake with these guys and they're they're gonna they're gonna capitalize on it. So you know just being patient and uh, honestly studying the game as well. I've uh, I always watch boxing. I always watch uh, the greats. You know, um, Marco Antonio Barrera, Eric Eric Morales, uh, Chavez, all those guys. You know, just studying boxing and and trying to apply it into my style is I think what what helps me. I mean, you're 19 years old, so you're you're in, you're insanely young. You have you know such a bright future in front of you, and I marvel at something like that because you know we have a, a guy down here, uh, Xander Zayas, who's a young welterweight as well, and he does the same thing. Like he's in there training with champs and 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 guys who are kind of grown in their career. And you guys, like you know, I I see you almost still as kids, but you guys are in these men's physiques and in this dangerous game, like. It, like, do you feel that age gap or do you feel like your skills are grown? Like, do you feel like you can, you go in there and you hang with these guys or do you feel like you still have a lot to learn, even though you are very talented? Yeah, uh, you do for that age gap and not necessarily in the, the, you know, the skills, just the, the man strength, you know, I think it's a big factor. It, it benefits them a lot. You know, um, sometimes, you know, they, they'll, they'll push you around and you got to be strong in there. But I mean, skill wise, I think um, I think I can go toe to toe with anybody. You know, I, I I'm I'm a smart boxer. I consider myself a smart boxer. You know, I try to be creative with my punches. So I think in in that aspect, you know, I'm I'm good. But like like I said, you know, these are grown men, and they have their man strength and um, 
you know that that that's their advantage. But other than that, you know, skills wise, like you said, I I try to develop that every day and and work on different things that help me, you know, um, avoid an opponent to use their mass strength on me, you know. And you uh you guys have these uh as a young boxer, it seems like the whole thing is mapped out even though it can be a very chaotic sport but what is it like now having you know the big time stuff come your way being on national television headlining cards all that type of stuff with like hitting these like boxing milestones to kind of get the uh the whole flow of the business side of things what is that like for you it's great man um you know it's been my dream fighting on on television you know i always dreamed of it and um you know it's all happening at a young age I think um, it's it's and it's happening fast, like you said. Everything's everything's going on, and I mean, fighting on television and fighting um, every two months, and you know, having just all this, you know, even the the media attention, you know, people trying to interview me. I mean, I I I enjoy all that. I soak it in, but at the same time, you know, I gotta keep my feet on the ground. I I gotta work hard, and you know, um, I know what was what what brought me here. And it's been hard work, so I keep reminding myself constantly, you know. Um, it doesn't matter the opponent. We got to train hard. We got to get ready as if it were a, a world title fight. And, the, I mean, it's, it's been my mentality ever since. But like you said, it, it is great, you know, to headline and just sit back and reflect on everything that's happening. I mean, I, I, I worked hard for this, so I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm grateful I'm here right now. Uh, take, you know, watching again and seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff with you, you mentioned that you wanted to be, uh, you want to be champ at 21 and that you want to be retired maybe before you're 30. You know, what, what is like, I don't know if you're just riffing there. I know you're there amongst friends. So, you know, we could always just kind of say things, uh, amongst people we, uh, we really like and just kind of hanging. So I don't know what mood you're in when the cameras caught you when you said that, but like, you know, when you think about that, you know, something you've probably been doing since a little kid, why, why do you, why have those thoughts crossed your mind? Like, I want to get in, take over the boxing world and, and get out before, uh, before I'm, I'm 30 years old. Yeah, I think um, the main part is because I'm doing this at such a young age, you know, um, my high school years were boxing. Um, everything's been boxing right now, you know, I'm not the ordinary 19 year old. I'm not doing what other 19-year-olds are doing. So for me to be able to do all this and maybe, you know, become a world champion at 21 and, like like I said, you know, just take over the game for a couple of years and get out at 30 to 32 years old, you know, and I think that's a good good time. Uh, it's a tough sport. Uh, you know, you go through training camps, hard, hard training camps, uh, hard sparring uh, hard sparring, you know, that'll, that'll just, it'll, it'll take a toll on your body. So I don't want to be doing this for, for too long, you know, just enough to give my crown, um, get people to remember my name. And that's, that's fine by me. You know, I don't need, a, I don't need anything else. That's all I'm working for. Uh, I want to have my, my life set, my kids life set. And, you know, that's, that's my main goal. When, uh, do you remember at what age you were when you thought, uh, I, I, that you fell in love with the sport. And then when you realized I can be really good at this, that, that this is something that I, I, I legitimately think I could have a great professional career at. Well, you know, I was, I started uh, boxing amateur at nine, eight, nine. And um, I, I mean, I was just a little kid, you know, it wasn't like I'm doing this for the rest of my life. I was just a little kid and fighting on TV. Like I'm, I am now was, 
long, long, you know, was was way down the road for me. But I was around 14, 15 when I started sparring the, the professional boxers and I was looking good. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm good at this. I'm, I can turn pro, you know, I can do what they're doing. And I mean, ever since then, we, we stepped it up. We stepped it up in training. I'm just sparring different professional fighters. And uh, I mean, ever since I was young, you know, I've, I've been in there with like, with guys like Terrell Williams, uh, Adam Lopez, who just fought, all those guys, you know, and I've been, I was young. I was 15, 16, spawning these guys. So ever since then, I think I realized I, I was meant to turn pro and become professional boxing. Before I get you out of here, man, um, there, there's been some rumblings about Ryan Garcia fighting Manny Pacquiao, whether it be an exhibition or if it is an actual fight. But I do think that's pretty cool that somebody at his age would have the uh, the the opportunity to fight somebody like a legend like Pacquiao. If you if you could fight somebody any era, a guy you really idolized, if it could happen where you could have a cross like legendary fight, any boxer, anytime, some guy you really admired, and you'd be like, man, I'd love to share the ring at him. And you probably would think, ah, eh, maybe it would never happen. But just a legendary crossover fight that you would love to have, who would it be? You know what? My idol that I'd like to get in the ring with was Ricardo Finito Lopez. I do think he's a little smaller, so it had to be uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. You know, he was a, he was a great fighter, man. I like to study him a lot. Very smart. And, you know, I try to apply some of his style into mine. So it would be great to share the ring with him and, and, and see what that's like. That would have been cool, man. Well, look, we're looking forward to the show uh, next Saturday. You guys can go check out Jesus Ramos on Fox. Check him out there. 8 o'clock is when the main card starts up there, so you guys can check him in action right there on Fox. Easiest to get to for those uh, – everybody has Fox. Come on, bro. Go check it on out and <laughs> uh, and see one of the bright young stars up and coming in boxing. Uh, looking forward to watching the journey, man. Thank you for spending some time with us, and uh, we appreciate it, and all the best going on next week for you. Thank you, man. I, I, I appreciate your time, and thank you for everything. That's our show for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. We will get to you guys same time, same place next week. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast, Tobit's Fight Show. It is there for you. Uh, catch us on YouTube. Catch all the stuff, all the different platforms. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, live 6 to 10 a.m. with Leroy Horde. Myself, we will be live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash 7 tickets where you can watch us. And, of course, all of it available for you on the radio.com app. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, everybody.